Recurrent Pregnancy Loss, or RPL, occurs in up to 3% of reproductive age couples and carries a large emotional toll. Over the past decade, a consensus definition of recurrent pregnancy loss has moved from three or more consecutive pregnancy losses down to two or more pregnancy losses. A recent meta-analysis confirmed earlier reports that there were no differences in abnormal findings when evaluating women with two compared to three or more losses, so it is now standard of care and expert opinion as well to begin an evaluation of of recurrent pregnancy loss with two spontaneous consecutive losses, typically with the same partner. In this episode, we're going to focus on some new changes to the recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation and workup of couples because traditionally a focus was placed on chromosomal analysis of the parents. But there's new data that says that we're looking in the wrong place, that that genetic evaluation should actually be done first on the products of conception, but not using conventional karyotype, rather using microarray analysis. So let's get into this new information, which comes from Current Opinions in OBGYN, published ahead of print from August 2020. Now, before we get into the specifics of using CMA, which is chromosomal microarray to check the POCs, that's the products of conception, we got to remember an important fact, and that is that human reproduction is an extremely inefficient process. When you consider that approximately 70% of human conceptions never achieve viability, and that is on the background rate of monthly fertility or fecundability of only 20% on average, then it's a wonder that any of us are even here. Additionally, nearly 50% of conceptions spontaneously fade before ever being noticed. Spontaneous miscarriage is ultimately the most common complication of pregnancy. Of clinically recognized pregnancies that ultimately miscarry, 60% at least contain a chromosomal anomaly that can explain that loss. Now, in spite of this high rate of aneuploidy, it's important to realize that genetic factors alone may not be the only causative factor for miscarriage in many recurrent pregnancy loss cases, so a full workup is still required, and we're going to touch on that as well in this podcast. Couples who have experienced recurrent pregnancy loss want their medical teams to provide compassionate care and clear information on the possible causes and potential treatments of recurrent pregnancy loss. All healthcare providers should support, understand, and acknowledge that pregnancy losses are real, significant life events. As for the evaluation, while some approaches have remained stable for years, and we're going to talk about those in this podcast, again, the renewed focus is on the potential genetic causes of recurrent miscarriage. Traditionally, the ASRM, which is the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, recommended parental chromosome analysis with karyotype as a balanced reciprocal or a Robertsonian translocation could be present in about 2-5% to of recurrent pregnancy lost couples, and so this could represent a major prognostic factor. 
the European Society for Human Reproduction and Endocrinology recommends testing only in couples, though, that are at increased risk of having one of those abnormalities, like having experienced a prior child with a congenital abnormality or an offspring with an unbalanced chromosome or a translocation that's noted in the products of conception. But recent studies have shown that parental karyotyping for all recurrent pregnancy loss cases is simply not cost-effective and that there is no overall difference in live birth rate when comparing pre-implantation genetic testing to natural conception in those cases. So this is why this renewed focus on looking on the products of conception as a possible answer to why the recurrent miscarriages have occurred is looking like a viable option. So let's get into that next. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The ASRM and Royal College of OBGYN positions on products of conception genetic testing in cases of recurrent pregnancy loss were originally based on the then current standard of conventional band karyotype analysis, which just wasn't very good for products of conception that may not have contained good viable tissue. The European Society for Human Reproduction and Endocrinology now recommends chromosomal microarray analysis, or CMA, as the preferred modality for products of conception testing because that modality is not limited by tissue culture failure or false negative results secondary to maternal cell contamination. Most reproductive endocrinologists agree that microarray analysis of the products of conception can help guide patient counseling and further parental evaluation. As stated in Clinical Opinions in OBGYN from August 2020, there is a new proposed algorithm for the evaluation of recurrent pregnancy loss utilizing microarray analysis for the products of conception. Now remember, this doesn't take away, this doesn't negate the usual workup for recurrent pregnancy loss, which includes autoimmune issues, thyroid issues, and cavity issues. Again, we're going to get into that in just a minute, but it does put the attention for the genetics on the products of conception rather than the parents. And I'm going to explain this and give a possible algorithm of how to use or incorporate Incorporate these results in just a minute. Okay, let's get into the traditional workup, which still holds true. This new algorithm still recommends that the uterine cavity be evaluated in all cases of recurrent pregnancy loss, given that abnormalities are common and they can be easily treatable. Now, regarding the uterine cavity assessment, different societies have different approaches, and it's okay. You just have to pick one because they are somewhat comparable. The European Society of Human Reproduction prefers three-dimensional transvaginal ultrasound for uterine cavity assessment because it has high sensitivity and specificity and is the most cost-effective. And I agree, 3D transvaginal ultrasound is a great way to assess the uterine cavity. 
the ASRM accepts sonohysterography, hysteroscopy, or HSG as suitable methods. The Royal College of OBGYN suggests a pelvic ultrasound, just a 2D ultrasound, on all women with recurrent pregnancy loss, but it should be followed by hysteroscopy or three-dimensional ultrasound if a uterine anomaly is suspected. Additionally, guidelines still recommend screening for antiphospholipid syndrome as a potentially treatable and prevalent diagnosis in recurrent pregnancy loss cases. All cases are also to be evaluated for thyroid and prolactin abnormalities along with elevations of hemoglobin A1c. In the most accepted protocol, when thyroid-stimulating hormone levels are above 2.5 in combination with positive thyroid peroxidase antibodies or TPO antibodies, then experts suggest an initiation of low-dose levothyroxine. There have been various published recommendations from the European Society and the ASRM and the Royal College for Hormone Testing, including TSH, TPO antibodies, prolactin, hemoglobin A1c, diabetes testing, and even for insulin resistance. Now, you know, we have got to say a quick word about thrombophilia testing with regard to recurrent pregnancy loss because people love to do it. The truth is, there's really no evidence that thrombophilia is associated with recurrent pregnancy loss, so stop checking it routinely. However, thrombophilia workup may be appropriate in patients that have that kind of history, in other words, prior clot or prior stroke or something else that leads to a thrombophilic evaluation, but solely for its evaluation in recurrent pregnancy loss, well, it's not evidence-based. All right, team, let's bring this podcast to a wrap, focusing on the possible outcomes of the POC, that's products of conception, CMA, which is chromosomal microarray analysis. If the chromosomal microarray analysis of the products of conception reveal an unbalanced translocation or an inversion, then a karyotype analysis of both parents should be performed. The products of conception will reveal aneuploidy in about 55 up to 65% of cases. So in a patient that has been evaluated for all the known causes of recurrent pregnancy loss that we've already discussed, then no further testing is generally needed. Now, here's a clinical pearl. Approximately 25% of women with products of conception that are aneuploid by chromosomal microarray will also have at least one concomitant abnormal finding from the recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation. That's why it's important to not just focus on the products of conception and their genetic counterpart, but to look at the entire algorithm, the entire testing, because some of these women will have both issues, and these women may benefit fit from specific therapy based on what's found. Now, for women with a normal recurrent pregnancy loss workup and with aneuploid products of conception as the sole identified cause of the last miscarriage, then it's optimistic to counsel the couple about the chances of a future live-born child based on the maternal age and the number of prior losses. Remember, thankfully, that most women with recurrent pregnancy losses and a normal workup and the usual expected aneuploid POC can have a successful pregnancy in the future. 
Or what about if the products of conception are euploid on chromosomal microarray? Well, in these cases, with euploid results, over 80% of these women will have an abnormal finding in the recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation. In other words, they may have a uterine cavity defect. They may have the antiphospholipid antibody syndrome or potentially an endocrine abnormality. That's why it's important to do the full workup for recurrent pregnancy loss. Overall, a euploid products of conception and an abnormal recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation occur in about 30% of cases. Now, given that at least one of the known and treatable causes of recurrent pregnancy loss would have been found in the workup, no further testing is recommended in these cases. And finally, the last possibility. Now remember, we've talked about products of conception that have carried a unbalanced translocation or are aneuploid. That's the first outcome. The second outcome is when the products of conception are euploid, but the mother is found to have something else in the recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation. But the third possibility is when nothing is found, the products of conception are euploid, and the mother does not have any abnormality in the recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation. This is truly the, quote, unexplained, end quote, category. Now, historically, the unexplained category was about 25 or 30 percent, but this has been taken down, according to new data, just to down to 10 percent because of the use of chromosomal microarray on the products of conception. Remember, most miscarriages occur because of an aneuploidy or an unbalanced translocation, and these happen as random events, and that's why chromosomal microarray analysis of the process of conception is helpful because it can be psychologically helpful to the parents to know that it was nothing that they could control. They were, in fact, sporadic random events. And if the fetus is found to be euploid and the mother is found to have no other abnormality and is truly in the unexplained category, then the chances are very good, very high, that they will in fact have a successful pregnancy in the future. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. We have covered a publication released ahead of print from Current Opinions and OBGYN. The lead authors are Pappas and Kudith, and the title is A New Algorithm for the Evaluation of Recurrent Pregnancy Loss, Redefining Unexplained Miscarriage, a Review of Current Guidelines. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.